Hey, what's going on everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship, or as Jason likes to say. Oh, I love to say that it's the show that helps you grow because it's true. Because it's true. I shouldn't say like. Jason <laughs> loves to say it is a show that helps you grow because it's true. That's um, right. We just want to, you know, it's that little punch of a of a line. It's the show that helps you grow. It, it's, it, it's a fervor. It's an excitement. Fervor. Fervent yeah. excitement. I like that. I like that. So, um, well, I am your co-host, Brandon Robinson, obviously joined by Jason Wheland as well. Uh, if you guys have been tracking with us, we've been in this series called, Is This Okay to Ask? Where we've been asking hard questions. We've been trying to dig in and dissect hard questions. Um, like, is last week, is God a Republican or Democrat? Or why do bad things happen? Which um, in last week's episode, we did not, as we were planning this, we did not intend for it to go out on the same day as the first debate. It just so happened that it did. And I saw that and I was like, huh, yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, perfect timing, right? Um, but today we're here to talk about why do Christians believe in such an ancient book? Um, why is that? And I would imagine it's probably something that has crossed your mind at some point or another reading the Bible, because, hey, let's face it, uh, some of the questions that we come to or some of the stories we read in the Bible are strange and especially strange to our modern ears. You know, especially when we read the Old Testament, things like a traveling cloud that's leading the people, but it's God's presence leading the people or manna falling from heaven, getting into Genesis. Oh, my goodness. You know, th there's so many stories that we just are head scratchers um, and feel very foreign to us to feel very foreign to the culture and society that we live in. Um, so the Bible can be strange. We can come to it and go, these are I'm having a hard time connecting this. And why do we? believe this? Why does this book have authority? Um, and we all come to, to the Bible from different backgrounds, uh, depending on where we've grown up, uh, who we were raised by. Um, maybe some of us have come out of other religions and into this relationship with God and the Bible and this book, or maybe some of us have come to uh, the Bible from a place of, hey, I was taught like we can't question it at all, that that is a serious offense in a serious, uh, uh, no, no, that you don't, you don't do that. Um, or maybe some of us have come to it from a place of skepticism and criticism. And we go, we, we, we've only known coming to the Bible as a way to deconstruct it. Um, but today our hope is to kind of give an overview and snapshot of why do we believe this book? Now, disclaimer up top, right? Th this is something that people get their doctorate in. It's PhD courses in, in this. So there's no way that we're going to do it full justice and get into deep dive of all the different nuances. And um, th this is a 30 to 45 minute podcast. So we, we can't do that. But what we are going to do is try to touch on a few questions um, and ideas that we feel like, hey, these things come up often enough that we should, we should address them. Yeah. And I, I just want to mention too, like we've uh, done a number of episodes um, on this podcast before about the Bible. So, um, you know, we will put links to those um, in the show notes too, so that you can go back. We have a book or an episode called 66 books in one, what a bargain. And then we have uh, our Bible study crash course series that we'll talk about a little bit later at the end too. So we do want to reference that we do have other episodes that cover this similarly, but we want to address it in a bit of a different way. Um, also, uh, super important is uh, 
we've talked a number of times before about foundations and Pastor Tom and Kay, as they yes. teach foundations in the Bible um, sessions in, in particular, go into great detail. So we're going to be talking about some of the basics and kind of just getting a little overview as to the answer of this question. And then we'll point to foundations quite a bit and really encourage you again at the end to go and check that out because Tom and Kay do such a great job of diving in deep with all of this evidence, all of these facts, this true, you know, just all of this stuff that you can take to really build a strong foundation, haha, <laughs> to plug the title, um, of why nice. you can believe the Bible. Thank you. Um, so in this approach today, we just wanted to look at it as the, is this okay to ask question and, and to kind of get to some of the heart behind that question. Because usually if you're asking, is this okay to ask, why Why do we as Christians believe in such an old book and such an in such an ancient book, right? And usually there's there's some reasons behind that. There's some underlying concerns or issues or whatever that that are driving us to ask that type of question. And sometimes it's an authority issue, right? We may have this um, view of the Bible that we just look at it as this old rule book, you know, that was written a super long time ago. And it's like, okay, why am I supposed to, you know, just obey these rules from this ancient book, right? And and so sometimes that's why we ask this question. Or sometimes it's an inconvenience issue. You know, we feel like, well, the Bible just kind of gets in the way of how I want to spend my time or how I want to live my life. So uh, why should I believe that that what it says in there is true or that it's good for me? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Right? And, And then sometimes, too, it's, a legitimacy issue, right? Sometimes we feel like, you know, surely we we don't believe that this book that was written so long ago is all is all true, right? It's so it's so old <laughs> that there's no way. And so sometimes we come with all these uh, this baggage, for lack of a better term, that that leads us to you know to want to ask the question: Why do why do Christians believe in such an old book? I mean, yeah, I love God. God's great. You know, Jesus, he is awesome. Isn't that good enough? <laughs> so it really drives us to the question that it starts, I, I think, as we're approaching this conversation and kind of leading to some, uh, you know, of, of a way to answer the question of, of why do Christians believe in such an old book? It's, it's, it's probably a good place to start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. And look at just what, what is the Bible? Let's just get a little bit of background here. What are we talking about? Well, the Bible is a book of books, and as I said earlier, we had an old episode called 66 Books in One, What a Bargain, and that's because, yeah, the Bible is, it's its a bound book, um, but within it is a whole bunch of other books, 66 books to be exact, and it was written over the span of a thousand years, uh, which is, you know, crazy, and we'll get a little bit more into it's that. It's almost five times longer than the United States has been in existence, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, exactly. And and to think, I don't know, to me, again, this isn't something that we're getting into today, but you can just kind of marvel if you think about that. You can marvel at the consistency of it over, that was written over a thousand years by 40 different authors. It's not like one person lived for a thousand years and wrote it. It was written by a whole bunch of different people. And it's not like it was just given after a thousand years by God, you know, that it was just placed uh for us to have 
Uh, it was written by by a whole bunch of different people over a very long time um, in very different Two languages too. Languages and tones and genres, which we all talk about in the Bible Study Crash Course series. Um, so it's just important to kind of get that little overview of okay, so so there's a lot going on here when we're talking about the Bible. I think it's also important. And this is taken from Foundations, but Tom says in that he says. The Bible was written so that God could show us what he is like and what he wants us to be like. And an understanding of God comes solely through his decision to reveal himself to us. So if you're asking the question of what is the Bible, what it is in a nutshell is, is it, was, it's a, it was written so that God could show us what he is like. It's a way that God reveals himself to us. And what he wants us to be like, he's saying, hey, I, I made you uh, and I had, you know, intention behind why I made you. So uh, let me tell you what I made you for. Right. It's the it's the owner's manual is what Pastor likes to say. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it's yeah, it's basically it's so if so that's that that's that's why we go to it as Christians, because we love God. And so we want to learn more about who God is, and we can see that in in the Bible. And if God made us, which we believe, then we should want to understand why he made us and what he made us for. And that's in the Bible, too. Another aspect of the Bible is talking about how it was written. And Brandon's going to get a little bit more into that later. But I wanted to read this part also from Foundations, where it says, God worked in the hearts of human writers to inspire them to write down his words. And God's words written through these people are perfect, infallible, and trustworthy. So that's just a little bit background of the Bible. And Brandon will dig into that more when we talk about authority. Um, I did want to reference this other part from foundations that I always found fascinating and super helpful. Um, there's this chart um, that is used in the Bible section of foundations. It's called what's the difference. And it's basically just looking at some um, facts about the Bible and comparing them to what we know about some of the books that other religions use, right? So about the Bible, it says the Bible is translated from 24,000 copies of the New Testament alone, with millions of people having seen some of these copies. Those copies have been translated by thousands of scholars. So we get this broad sense of just the scope of looking at at what is at what has been available to Bible scholars and translators, um, and then you get the Book of Mormon. On the contrary, says the Book of Mormon is translated from a supposed single original that is claimed to have been seen and translated by one man, Joseph Smith, who was not an expert in languages, and that original was then taken back, and so there are no copies of the original. Um, Another great fact interest of the, about the Bible, it says the Bible was written by more than 40 different authors spanning over 50 generations in three continents. Whew. And it speaks with agreement on all matters of faith and doctrine. There's no arguments within itself over faith or doctrine, which is amazing. If you look at the Quran, which is the writings and the records of one man, Muhammad in one place at one point in history. 
and it differs at many points with the Old and New Testament's accounts of history. So that's just an interesting thing to note. You have one man, and but, but with the Bible, you have 40 different authors, 50 generations, three continents. Um, and then with the Bible... The Bible provides God's distinctive solution to man's problem with sin and focuses on God's work in actual verifiable history. But if you look at Hindu scriptures, for example, Hindu scriptures claim all roads lead to the same place and focus on stories of things that happened in the celestial realms. So I just always found that interesting of getting perspective of what we're talking about when we're talking about the Bible, um, as opposed to if you're looking at um, the religious works in other faiths. Um, so I, I always just found that super interesting. Um, so as we dig into this, we're going to look at two different facets. We're going to look at authenticity, and we're going to look at authority. Um, so as we're talking about authenticity, uh, one common question that comes up is why why are there so many different translations? There's there's a lot. There's a lot of different translations. There are a lot of translations. <laughs> my Especially favorite Bible. Version. <laughs> my favorite, by the way, I think I've mentioned this before. My favorite is the Pigeon Bible. That is my favorite mm. translation. It's called the Jesus Book, and it is a great uh, read. Um, so with that promotion, let's let's talk about translations just a little bit more link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually there are some websites that have the pigeon Bible on it. So you can, oh, yeah? you know, I should, I should, I should, David, our producer, David, we can link that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So talking about translations, translations, I think we should clear up some misconceptions. Translations are not translated from language to language. Right. Translations go back to the original languages. They go back to the Hebrew and the Greek, mm-hmm. and even at some points the Aramaic, and are looking at what was actually said from the original, original copies that we have. And we have very old copies of things, right? We have the Dead Sea Scrolls, which go back to like 150 BC. We have the earliest complete manuscript of the Old Testament. The earliest complete manuscript of the Old Testament dates to 1008 AD in what's called the Leningrad Codex. And, but but there's there's these samples, there's, there's these pieces that, that go back you know, way, way, way before that. And so you can find all these, just these ancient scrolls um, or tablets or in, in, that have pieces of the script of old testament scripture and then later with new testament scripture were written down and these things again i don't want to go into it here because uh, tom and k do such a great job in foundations diving into all this stuff yeah but it's a deep dive it's it's a deep dive that is not it's... the point of this episode <laughs> but i think the important thing that we're talking about with the authenticity is knowing that if you pick up an an niv bible or an nlt or, you know, a translation is those Bible scholars go back to the original languages and do a translation off of that. Now, there are different ways of translating, and that's why there are different translations, because there's different translation methods. Um, so that it's, it's not that they're going to different documents and translating from different things, and you have all these different translations, and you're like, ah, but I don't know what to believe what's accurate what's true is it's just different methods of translating there's word for word translations there's parrot mm-hmm. or there's um thought for thought translations um and that's not even talking about 
paraphrase is like the message uh, is a paraphrase. That's not a translation. That's different. But it's, I think, I think so often what we can get caught up with is this, uh, I don't know if I can believe it. Like, how do we know what's true or, or accurate, you know, or whatnot? You know, what, what I always remind myself is that you can go on to like the NIV website and you can look at the names of all of these scholars who've given years and years and years of their lives to properly translating the scripture. And yeah. I think there's such reverence for this process that I respect these these men and women and I trust that they are putting, you know, they are going into into it in faith and and in wanting to do the best job possible translating. And I also know that God is is involved in the process too, because we have his spirit living in us. So yeah, I don't want to dive in more to translations other than to say they are well taken care of and we can trust the work that is put into them. Yeah, it's 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 not like it's some um some random person like I'm, i'll give my shot at the greek i think yeah. a greek class once <laughs> I'll, I'll take a shot at it it's like no 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 that it does it it doesn't work like that and i in in kind of when you're on you version the bible app on your phone maybe bible gateway or you're trying to decide like what what translation should i read should i does it have to be king james version is that the the truest well, no um really what we're getting at is a lot of things, but readability. Um, mm -hmm. And just like if we have any Spanish speakers listening, there's different ways, different sentence structures. You know, I remember being in Spanish class learning and thinking like, that's funny. It feels like the sentence is backwards. What's well, yeah. backwards to me? So if you're going to translate something from Spanish to English, you're going to have to flip the sentence structure so it reads more natural to an English speaker's ear. That's kind of what you're getting at with these translations between the NIV, between the ESV or the NLT or uh, whatever you may find or whatever you may pick up. Uh, that's essentially what's going on. It's not like they're translation translating a different text. They're all yeah. translating the same text and trying to make it as readable uh, as possible. Or So that's kind of what's going on. Um, but thinking about authenticity and thinking about authority, authenticity is, I think, I would say most people say, yeah, we can prove that the Bible is an authentic document. Um, but really what's underneath that is, should we believe it? There's a lot of things that we can prove are authentic ancient texts, but does that mean that we should believe them? That, does that mean that it should provide guidance for uh, our life? So when we think about why is the Bible an authority? Why do we believe an ancient book should have any authority over our lives today. There's a guy named Tim Mackey, who is a pastor in the Portland, Oregon area. And he says this, he says, the Bible is authoritative because Jesus has authority over us. And that authority is expressed to us through the scriptures. And I like that. I, I like that. He it kind of brings it back to, okay, wait a second. If we are Christians, we are professing that, hey, I am a follower of Jesus. I am a Christ follower. Therefore, Jesus has authority over us. Now, this is important because let's listen to what Jesus says. Jesus's words in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He's speaking to his disciples and he's saying this. Uh, it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority, there's that word, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, okay, let's just think about this for a second. Did Jesus, do we know Jesus ever wrote anything down that's in scripture that, that is in our Bibles today? He didn't write any of it. He didn't write anything down. But we know all about Jesus from the scripture. We have the four gospels that are testaments to his life and his teaching. Um, Jesus is all throughout the scripture. We can kind of boil it down and say, hey, the Bible is about Jesus, though Jesus never technically wrote it out. But we still see him as an authority. We still submit ourselves to his authority. He says himself, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Um, and what do we know from the life and teachings of Jesus? He was constantly quoting Old Testament scripture. In fact, he says in Matthew 5, 17, hey, hey, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses and the writings of the prophets, the law and the prophets, read, read that, listen to that Old Testament. Um, he says, no, I came to accomplish their purpose. So Jesus is not getting, doing away with scripture. He's accomplishing scripture. He's fulfilling scripture. He's fulfilling the Old Testament. He's fulfilling the law. Um, and he's constantly teaching from the Old Testament, which would have been their scripture at the time. So when we think about the, the Bible as an authority, I think it is worth looking at the question, is Jesus an authority in my life? Have I submitted myself to Jesus? And if we have submitted ourselves to Jesus in his teaching, we can trust, okay, what, what Jesus was teaching from, what he said he has come to fulfill and to accomplish, we can trust that. Another thing that comes up is, okay, but how is this, how does this work together? Because how can it be God's word if it's written by humans? Like what, what's, what's going on there? Um, and there's two things to think about when we think about this. The first is this, that, that God has always spoke to his people through his people. He's still doing that today. That's something that's really important to, to understand. God does, in fact, speak. God is speaking. Uh, God is a relational God. That's why we say things like a relationship with Jesus or that Christianity is a relationship with God, not just a religion. Um, that God speaks to his people. God is speaking to his people through his people. Um, and I think that we can get into a trap of an either or dynamic or an either or dilemma. Is it God or is it humans? It, it can't be both. It has to be one or the other. Well, it's God through humans, that humans are under the inspiration of God, that the spirit of God is speaking to humans as they write. It's actually uh, a pretty cool story in the book of Exodus, but kind of it shows a relation of how this works, because it's not so much the Holy Spirit knocks them out, the author out and puts them in a trance and is moving their hand and is writing on a scroll or is it on a tablet. That's not really what we're talking about. Um, that type of thing looks cool, like in TV shows and movies, but that's not, that's not what we're saying here. Um, and it's actually in Exodus, Exodus 17, there's this uh, story where the Israelites are going to battle, but uh, it's, it's after they've uh, have crossed to the sea and the Israelites are going to battle. And there's this story, if you've ever heard it, where Moses's arms are being lifted up. And as long as they're lifted up and the Israelites will have the battle, kind of a, a funky, interesting story. But in this story, we get to see a glimpse of, it's actually our, our first glimpse of mention of the Bible 
in the Bible or a reference of the Bible being written in the Bible is Exodus 17. Um, and it says this, it says in verse, uh, where is it? Verse 14, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, right? So we have, we, God does speak. We know that it says in the Lord, then God said to Moses, God spoke to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it. Now, here's something important because we're getting to see kind of the, the dynamic, the relationship between God and humans and how does this, these books come together and what, what does this all look like? Well, we have God speaking to Moses saying, hey, this event is really important. You need to write this down. You need to record this so that the people can remember it, so that the people can tell it, so that the people will have uh, be able to grab hold of it. Um, I imagine not every single event in history, God told Moses or even the Old Testament, hey, write this down. But we also see here that God does speak to him and say, hey, you, you need to write this down. And this is kind of how it works that God is speaking to his people, write this down, record this. This is important. We need to remember this. And even we see that in the New Testament of God through the power of God, the, the Holy Spirit, um, who lives inside of us who nudges us, who urges us, who, who points us and guides us and leads us and teaches us, write this down. This is important. The people we need, we need to know this. So it's kind of how God's word, it can be God's word. If it's written by humans, how God and the word interacts, how God and humans interact, how we interact with God and how the Bible comes together. God speaks and God speaking to us, his people through his people. Um, and, that, and that's kind of a glimpse. There's much more that can be said, but I like that story because it shows God in action, Moses, a human in action, and how this comes together, divine, human, and ultimately see this come to fruition with Jesus, fully God, fully man, saying, hey, all authority has been given to me. Follow me. Write this down. Um, go and make disciples. Uh, teach, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. What has he commanded us? What's written in the scripture, which he ultimately fulfills. Yeah, I think in this episode, what we wanted to do was just to give you a little bit of a taste in terms of, you know, why we can trust the Bible, not only its authenticity, but its authority. But primarily, we wanted to address the kind of the heart issue or the heart behind why we can believe in such an old book, why the Bible is important to us, why um, why we put so much emphasis and focus and time on it, why we go back to it every single day. Uh, I think a big thing to kind of think about is um, if you're having questions about the Bible yeah, and not sure what you think about it or you can trust it, but you believe in God, then I would encourage you to, to think about what you believe about God. Yeah. What do you believe to be true about God? Do you believe that God is near as he says he is? If so, then it's completely reasonable that God would give us his word to help us to get to know him better to teach us, to comfort us, to encourage us, to propel us, to um, be such a, an important part of the Christian life. It's if you believe that God is, is near and personable like that, then, then it shouldn't be hard to believe 
um, that that's true of God's word. And if you believe that God is sovereign, that he is all powerful, then it shouldn't be hard to believe that he could ensure that the scriptures that we have are accurate, that the books that are in the Bible, the 66 books are the books that he wants us to consider as authoritative. Um, it shouldn't be hard to believe that he has been a part of that process, taking the books from the earliest written down or, or even passed down orally accounts that, that he could maintain those and make sure that they stay consistent and bring them to where we are today in 2020. <laughs> um, yes. If you believe that God could create the universe, then it shouldn't, then it's not hard to believe that he can ensure that, that the scripture that he wants us to have is what we have. I'd also say too, Jason, as you're speaking, I was thinking, we're also not the first people to think about this. And we're not the first people to ask this question. Um, And, you know, I think it's, there's something to be said for across generations, across centuries, millennia, um, Christians who believe as we do. Uh, We're a part of a tradition. We're a part of a people that we have uh, come to this question before, have asked this question, and the church um, over centuries has said, Yes, this is what we believe is authoritative. Um, And after us too, there'll be more Christians probably asking the same question. Um, And there's something to be said that we're not the first to come to this. We're not the first to ask this. And that Christians before us across cultures, across generations have all come to the same conclusion and said, this is what we believe is authoritative. We feel like God has led us to this, to affirm this and say, yes, this is an authority. and I think, yeah, that that there's something to be said about that, that we're not existing in a vacuum on our own thinking about this. That's great. I completely agree. Um, I also wanted to note that if you believe in God and if you have asked God to be your Savior, ask Jesus to be your Savior and ask Jesus into your life and you have the Holy Spirit living in you, but you have issues with the Bible and you're just not sure, you're, you know, you read it with skepticism or whatnot, I would encourage you to pray every time before you go to your Bible, or if you're not prone to going to your Bible, then go to your Bible, (laughs) but pray and just ask, ask God to open your eyes. I think we've used this prayer before, but to give you eyes to see, to give you ears to hear, to give you um, a heart that is open to what uh, God wants to say through his word. Um, cause the Bible scripture is meant to be read in partnership with the spirit. Mm. And I think that's something that's that that's we good. take for granted sometimes is when we don't read the scripture with the spirit, then we only get the words that are on the page and, mm. and we only bring into it our mind, our critical thinking. Um, but when you, you know, invite the spirit to read scripture with you, then you have God's hand, you know, imbuing you with, with the meaning, with the heart, with the passion, with, with the guidance, with the direction, with everything that, that God says he does that, that his word is for, then you are, are, are reading it with him. And that's the only way that you will get out of it. What God wants you to get. So when we talk about the, 
question, is this okay to ask, why do Christians believe in such an old book? It's old because it was written by the authors who were either experiencing this stuff going on <laughs> at that time, right. or or um, it was passed down from eyewitness accounts or whatnot, and it was uh, it, and it brought us to that place in that time. Uh, but but that's why you know it's it's old because we're reading about the history because we're reading about about everything that God has done and been doing in the course of human history up through Jesus's life here on earth. And then up through, you know, the birth of the church. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, as we wrap up the time, we do have some doable, some big encouragements for you guys. Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> where, do we, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go with this? <laughs> So we've mentioned foundations a bunch, and I, I honestly can't recommend it enough. If you want to, you know, take kind of an intro to Bible class without having to enroll or pay a tuition, then check out foundations, satellite.com slash foundations online, and you can watch the Bible 1 and Bible 2 videos on there. In, in the Bible 1 session in particular, Tom goes into into with great detail a lot of the stuff that we were talking about earlier. He talks about what the scribes would do to have to ensure that what they were transcribing was word for word, an exact copy yeah. of what the original document was. He talks about the process that translators go through. And, and he also looks at the internal evidence, what the Bible says about itself. And we can see what Jesus says about the Old Testament, what Paul says about the other parts of the New Testament in the Old Testament. And so he goes into all of these reasons why we can trust the Bible and why we have the books that we have. That's all in Bible 1. And then in Bible 2, Kay gets into a lot of the heart piece that we talked about a little bit later, about the revelation uh, piece of how, of how the Spirit works with us to help us understand Scripture. If reading the Bible is not something that you um, do a lot, uh, then I would encourage you to to check out a Deeper Devotions is a workshop that Pastor Buddy Owens taught, and we recorded it and put it up on the church's YouTube channel. So you can go to a Saddleback Church um, on YouTube, and if you go on playlists, you can look for Deeper Devotions. I think there's four parts or whatever, but the first part in particular is all about the Bible and all about a way to encourage you to spend a deeper time in God's word. So check that out. Also, we want to make sure that we put up the links to Bible study crash course was it mm -hmm. a series we did on doable uh, a couple of years ago. And we actually just released it as a small group study. So if you were in a Saddleback small group, check out a Bible study crash course as a, a small group study for your group to do. And in that we go through, um, stuff about authors, about genres, about tools and methods, um, all these things that dive a little bit deeper and to help us understand this thing that we call the Bible that we uh, spend so much time with. Uh, Brandon, anything else you wanted to share as we wrap up? Yeah, um, I just, I hope this was helpful. I kind of see us as like we're on jet skis, just skimming across the top of the water and slowing down in certain areas, but please check out these other resources. Deeper Devotions, Foundations, Bible 1 and 2, 
really dig in and immerse yourself um, because I think it's a good question to be asking. I don't think that you should feel embarrassed or shamed to be asking the question, but please take advantage of the resources that we have. And those will be uh, in the show notes as well. That's great. Um, we have two more episodes in this. Is this okay to ask series? Um, next week, what we're going to be doing um, is science against God or is God against science? So that'll be interesting. And then yep. uh, we'll wrap up the series with, uh, is Jesus really the only way? So looking forward to diving into those. We, you know, I, I'm not going to plug. I was going to say something maybe about next week's episode, but I don't because because it's not guaranteed it's going to happen. It'll be a surprise. So, yeah, there could be a surprise or it could be us. So who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we love you. We're praying for you. And uh, we look forward to uh, being back again with you guys next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.